At the end of last year, you know, around November time, January time, God began to talk to me and share with me and, and deal with me a little bit about doing some things. And uh, I shared it in a message uh, on a Wednesday night. And uh, my, my big problem was I shared it in a message on Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, when you do that, people listen, apparently. And then they want to they kind of hold you accountable to the things that you said. So, uh, you know, in that time, God had been dealing with me about doing some things in my house. And, uh, you know, making a difference where I, where I could make a difference. Because I think sometimes, you know, we look at all these things and, and uh, we can't do everything. We can't take care of everything. And we, we, I, can't, I look at our house and I think, I, I, can't, I can't cook, I can't clean. I mean, I can't do all of those things. But God began to give me little things that I could do. You know, in this ministry, around the world, there are a lot of needs, and there are a lot of things that are going on. And there are a lot of places where you can plant seed. There are a lot of places where you can, you can spend time. There are a lot of places that you could visit on a missions trip. But, you know, God put in Pastor Bill's heart the Sudan. And, uh, you know, you know how that is sometimes. You hear something, you might see something, and then over a period of time, there are enough divine appointments, there are enough moments there are enough things that you hear, things that you read, things that people say, things that people do. There are enough of those that line up to where you know this is, you know, as the Spirit leads you, you know this is just confirmation of the things that God's put in your heart. Sometimes that thing that maybe God's put in your heart right now just seems like a thing, and you're not even sure if it is God. Pastor Bill, you know, I know it's God. I think it's God. Oh, man, I don't know a clue. I hope it is, you know. So somewhere in there, see, they all solidify to the point where you know. But there are very few times in my life where something happened instantly, and I said, I know, you know, like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack up all my stuff and move. I know it's gone. That usually comes with a moment, and then over a period of time, the confirmation comes. And Sudan was like that with Pastor Bill, with his church, and we've been involved, and God's really making a difference uh, in, in, in the Sudan. But I believe God's making a difference in the people in this church, too, and that we're blessed because part of what we do and, and, and part of our focus and part of where we plant ourselves, our time, our energy, and our money is in the Sudan. So Pastor Stanley... Uh, John's going to play a, a short video. We called and Corey talked to him and, and wanted to have him just share a moment from his heart to us. He is a, a large part of what we do, and I think many times we don't get a chance because he lives all those thousands of miles away to hear from him, but uh, he's going to share with us just for a moment this morning. I, I don't know really where to begin, how to say it, but uh, I'm really very grateful for the partnership that we have with the uh, Victory Christian Center in Lafayette. And I am indebted to Pastor uh, Bill Mickler for his heart towards Sudan and above all for his heart uh, towards myself and the bonding that the Holy Spirit has uh, brought our hearts together in that mutual respect and uh, connection is something that God has done, and uh, I believe it is through all this that uh, God is able to be, uh, to be able to touch the lives of the members of the church to reach out to the children in the dreamland and indeed in the entire uh, South Sudan. So I am grateful also for every member of the church who was involved in the uh, in the golf outreach. In, in any way, and I just want to express my thanksgiving, my gratitude on behalf of the Dreamland family and all the kids, and we say we are really excited for what God is doing, and this is taking us into another level, 
that now we can see two domes coming together simultaneously, that by the grace of God, it will help us to, to bring in more children by the grace of God after three or four months after we finish the building. Pastor Stanley, could you encourage some of the men? You are a hero to me because of your persistence and and your dreams that you are pursuing. Could you encourage some of the men about pressing on in the things that God's called them to? Yeah, I would say that uh, I, I am not really a hero and uh, I have my own mistakes. And uh, even in my persistence, even in the fact that I, when things became difficult, uh, I attribute it to the grace God has given in me to stand my ground and to believe that he has positioned me here in this time. And uh, uh, this is what I would say to the men who believe that God has called them into what they are doing, that they should believe in themselves, that they should believe in the call of God in their lives, and that when things get difficult, it is a time that God is elevating them, bringing them to another level. Because when things get difficult, it's when God is dealing with the flesh to bring us to a place where we can hang on to him and uh, uh, forget about uh, our weakness in the flesh. So I believe that uh, the word that I speak to these people is that uh, when things get difficult, you should turn on completely and turn to God in that time to thank him and to tell him that you believe that you are in that place for such a time as this. And the grace of God will come upon your life and will give you the courage and the boldness to take the next step. Amen. Give, give Stanley a hand. He's not here, but uh, look very forward to, I haven't met Stanley, but look forward to meeting him. You know, when things get difficult, lean on God. You know, it's, it's a good word, and it's something that I think sometimes maybe where we live and what we go through, I mean, we had a snowstorm, you know, a little bit here this morning, and it's not like it's a blizzard. But uh, when I woke up, the first thought was, oh, I'm going to have to, how am I going to get to church? And then I'm going to, oh, when I get to church, I'm going to have to shovel the walk. And Stanley's, Stanley's my age, you know, and uh, he's my age, and he has uh, the children's home and the, the school and church, and I don't know how many churches, a couple that he five churches that he that he runs overseas preaches does those kind of things takes care of he has the school with 300 and some kids is that is that correct or he has 760 kids in his two schools um he has the children's home that is now has two more dorms going up to bring in more kids and uh look where we live you know look what we have <clears throat> and then I, I look and say well you know i mean god has a plan for each one of us but uh, man, he's done a lot with the things that God's told him. But when it's difficult, what did he say? Turn yourself all the way over and run after the Lord. And if you'll follow God in a place where it's desolate and they don't have... I mean, when you watch the videos, I mean, now, now they're growing crops in a place. I mean, they're, they're doing things that, that have been before impossible. But this guy has decided to just chase after what God put in his heart. He knows, he knows it's impossible for him to do. And he leans on God and allows him to do it. So... You know, think about that, be encouraged, uh, continue to support, pray for Pastor Stanley, Pastor Bill, and Brad and I, and maybe some others. We're getting ready to go maybe in the end of uh, January, 1st of February, to go visit and see, pray for the election as it comes up in the 1st of January. Um, 
But here's a guy who really is a hero to all kinds of people. Corey said, you know, you're a hero to me because of all that you've done. And think of all the lives that are being changed, you know, because he has leaned into, leaned on God and allowed him to take him to this next place. You know, you can say, all right, well, way to go. But he's not even thinking about what, he, you know, he goes back and celebrates the victories along the way. But see, he's facing something tomorrow. There are guys with machine guns that drive around and do things. There are things that are happening financially in that area. There's food issues. I mean, there's all these issues. He doesn't have time to, to sit back and just, just chill out and wait. He's constantly relying on God and seeing God's hand move on his behalf. So I would just encourage you to pray for Pastor Stanley when you're thinking about it. Uh, lift him up. Uh, not just, you know, supporting an orphan here, supporting an orphan there, but really in prayer, standing up and helping him. He's a, he's a man who's doing a great work uh, in that country. So we have an opportunity, you know, like I said in the beginning, to do what, what, what you can with what you have. And the Sudan is one of those places in our lives. And in my house at the time, you know, it was about doing the dishes. <laughs> you know, and I shared a little bit that God had showed me that I could, you know, do the, I could take care of the dishes and load the dishwasher and, you know, do whatever I could in that moment to do that. Well, I had a lady stop me, like I preached, was it Sunday that I preached? I think I preached Sunday. And a lady stopped me after the service and said, oh, you're just doing great. And she gave me a big hug and she was amening me the whole second service and coming up out of her chair. And she goes, how them dishes coming? <laughs> and I forgot all about them dishes. And it's been a year, I thought, ah, what dishes? You know, and I didn't want to say that because then, then I remembered. As soon as she said, how them dishes coming, I thought, not well. Not well. But she wanted to hold me accountable. I mean, it's nice to be held accountable. So I won't say anything from the pulpit anymore that has to do with that kind of stuff because I didn't know who's listening. But I told her, I said, you know what? I, the dishes were it for a while, but now God's moved me on to a couple other things. I said, I make the bed, I do the laundry. There's some things that I do, and you know, they're not things that I would normally do. They're not things that maybe I would choose or, you know, but, but, but God's just put it in my, and see, when God puts it in your heart, it changes your attitude and it changes the, the desire, it changes the, and see, it changes all those things. What does God put in your heart to do that you can do? And the word that I wanted to share, Corey's going to take attendance and then we're going we're gonna to try to draw for our gas card for those of you who, who registered online, so don't worry about it. You registered online, we're going we're gonna to try to get the gas card figured out and drawn, but we don't want to get somebody that's not here, right? I mean, come on. Somebody's not, you got to be present to win that. You know, if you're going to win 25 bucks at the gas station, you know, and it's snowing outside, you got you got to be present. So he's working on that back there. But I wanted to share a word. It goes with what Corey said, because he told Pastor Stanley, you're my hero. You know, you're one of my heroes. And Pastor Stanley isn't somebody that Corey has met, but it's somebody who Pastor Stanley has influenced. And there are people like that. There are people like that in our lives. You know, we've never met Jesus face to face, but he's somebody who's influenced our lives. You know, maybe it's uh, Joshua, or maybe it's, you know, Moses, or Abraham, or maybe it's, you know, John, or who knows who that particular person is. Maybe it's Paul in the New Testament, and, you know, they, they've just influenced your life because of the way they carried themselves, because of the things that you saw them do, or you read about them doing, because of what Jesus has done in your life. See, he's become a, they've become heroes to you. They're people who you look up to. They're people who you want to emulate. They're people who you want to, be, you know, say that. Who is that in your life? Think back, you know, in your life. You don't start off, people don't always start off putting into your life or imparting into your life because they want to be a hero. Heroes just happen over time. And they happen because of the great things that they do. They happen because of the people that they touch, the lives that they change. See, heroes don't just, you don't all of a sudden just get a cape and get to be Superman. 
So you didn't, you know you're not just born you know Batman and now you're you're the the you know the arch enemy of the Joker and now you know you're not see you don't you don't start off that way but but because of little steps along the way because of the little things that you do in the people's lives that you touch and the things that you change you become a hero now hopefully and most people are like this they know they're not heroes in their own eyes but how many of you know there are people in your lives who you would look at and say they're a hero to me I know Todd Tom Camp somebody that stepped into your life. And made a huge difference. You know, in a, time, in a time in your life where you didn't have anything, you didn't really have any place to go, you didn't, he just he kind of loved you, took you in, and kind of imparted to you. You know, there are people in your lives who, who were, were heroes like that. They were somebody that came along your path. Not always one, maybe there's two, three, four. I know in my life there are four or five men. So they didn't have all day. They didn't, they, didn't have their, they didn't have like 16 hours a day to come and hang with me. They didn't necessarily invite me into my house, but they invited me into their life. And because they, they invited me into their life, because they followed their heart, because they had passion, and because they cared about me, they began to pour into me. A little bit from this one, a little bit from that one, a little bit over here. And see, now in my life, as I go back, and it's 20 years later from the time when some of that stuff was happening, I, I, you, I can name the three or four guys who are heroes in my life. Now, they weren't just heroes to me. See, they were heroes to a lot of people. They did those kind of things. It wasn't like I was, you know, and now I am special, you know, just like you're special and we're all special. And at the time, you know what? I felt like the most special person in the world. I felt like the only person that they cared about, the only person that they loved. I felt so special because they cared enough about me to spend time with me, to speak into my life, to take me to the movies, to do whatever it was, to give me a little job here, a little job there, just to do all these little things. See, they were just pouring into my life. Do what you can with what you have. These men had families. They had wives, children. They had jobs. They had things going on. But they took the moments in time. And those moments in time that they took to be a hero to me, the moments that they took to impart into my life, over the long haul, ultimately began to shape who I was as a person. And they began to change me. And I'm sure they had victories along the way, and I'm sure they did this with a lot of different people. I'm sure there are a lot of people who now write back and say, you know what, you were a hero, you were somebody that changed my life. And, I, you know, I'm sure there's all those kind of things. But they didn't start off to be that way. They just wanted to help somebody. They just had that compassion. They had the eyes, the hands of Jesus. And they decided that, you know what, because I, because I can't help them all, I'm not going to do anything. They looked out and they said, you know, what can I do to help one? What can I do to make a difference somewhere? And, you know, Stanley, now you look at all that, that's a lot of kids, 760 in a school. He's got these kids that are in the orphanage. All these kind of people started with a kid. It started with a thing. It started with a church. It started with a person. And over a period of time, you'll be surprised what God will do with you if you'll just open up and do what you can with what you have. And many of you are heroes. See, we look back and we can think of the three or four people, maybe the five people in our life, you know, maybe it's one, maybe it's two, that have begun to that have really shaped us and helped us. You know, the people in the Bible and the Word and, the, and all of those things, but the people who stopped and took a moment and spoke into your life, who took time out of their schedule to spend with you, whether it was about parenting or being a father or being a man or whether it was about work ethic and whether it was about, you know, filling out job applications and finding jobs and, and how, to, how to tie your shoes. And I remember, one, you know, at one point I had, to, I had a mom. I didn't have a dad. I had to have somebody tell me you turn your belt the other way. You look like a girl. I never forgot that lesson. 
That was important to me at one point. I had a mom. She taught me how to get dressed. I put my belt on the wrong way. Apparently, there's a right way. Thank God I ran into somebody that cared enough to say, hey, psst, by the way. I do. I always have a belt on now. I, t- I was told it was the way to go. You always wear a belt, whether it's holding your pants up or not. And it needs to match your shoes. Because that's what I do. I mean, you can go back and think about those people in your life. But who are the people in your life that you're a hero to? We have a lot of, you know, we share about this all the time, I think, in the men's ministry. You know, we have a lot of kids and a lot of people in this church who, they just need a friend. They need somebody to love them. They need somebody to care. And you may, and you may say, ah, I, need to be a friend. I need a friend too. Well, we start, you know, always by giving. So plant a seed in somebody else's life. But there are people who you have influence over. And in January, we're going to, in January 8th, we're going to start with influence. That's going to be the first thing that we're going to talk about. And there's a, there's a series that happens every year. And it's a nationally broadcast webcast. And uh, it, you just, you log in, you watch it. And it's, it's, uh, it's leaders. It's, it's, it's powerful people. It's influencers. It's people from all spectrums and, and walk of life. Many of them are born again. Many of them are Christians and believers. But there's, there's some who aren't. And uh, what they have is they have nine minutes and it lasts for about 12 hours. So we're not going to do it 12 hours. We're going to have our regular breakfast. We're going to do the fives. <laughs> so we're going to do five people, five minutes. But these people, for nine minutes, they share on whatever particular topic that they're sharing on that year. And for us, it'll be five people spending five minutes sharing about influence, what it means to them, what it means in their life, how they share influence. I, I don't know what that might be. You know, we'll have some that'll be on Skype, some that'll be on video, some will be live, and we're just going to spend some time hearing five different perspectives, and in January, it'll be on influence. Who is it in your life that you are influencing? Because influence is important. If you're not influencing anybody, you're being influenced, and that's all right, because we do need to be influenced at some level, but we need to be influenced by the right thing at that level, but in your life, you're not called to sit here and just meander till the end. We're called to be great influencers. Not just in the Sudan, not just in, in Southeast Asia with Caleb and Sarah and other people. We're called to be influencers right here in Lafayette. See, this is our community. This is our city. This is our, this is our world, so to speak. And we have influence. I know many of us, we don't have a lot of influence, you know, when it comes to places like Africa or South America and different places. But in this place, in this city, you can be a hero and you can have influence in somebody's life. See, Jesus said, greater works than these you'll do. Jesus was all about sending us out to do these things. Now, how much, you know, would we there sit probably at his feet and probably listen and take in the things that he had to share? But there came a time with his disciples. There came a time with the 70. There came a time with the 120. He said, get out. So get going, get out there and do some things. Be influencers in the world in which you live and be a hero to somebody because somebody needs what you have. Don't be overwhelmed by the scope Don't be overwhelmed by what you may or may not be able to do. Just we need to do something. Timmy's a big brother. Is that all right? I mean, I already just shared it, so I guess it's okay. Tim Vanderplatz is a big brother and big brothers and big sisters. I'm not saying that's where you need to go or where you need to, you know, get involved. but, But he saw a place in his life where somebody needed help, and he saw something that he could do with what he had. And he stepped out and and decided to do it. He's a cool little guy. Seen him a few times. Got to meet him. He brings him around every now and then. He's, he's a good kid, but he's just making a difference in a kid's life. 
Just being somebody to be there, check in, see what's up. People need what you have. Your own need what you have. Start there. Start in your house and start in your home. And really, as, as that year has progressed and as God has spoke that in my heart, you know, it's become kind of a thing for me. The, the, the what, what can you do? Do what you do with what you have. And uh, this year, I've, I've kind of put that to practice maybe in my life. But I, I really feel like next year, as we move into this next year, that's, that's something that we can do as a men's ministry is begin to do that. In different areas, different veins. We have different ideas, different things going to happen. But when we began to pray about this breakfast, that's when the Christmas offering, the Christmas star offering thing kind of came to be. And I asked Mike and uh, Shane if they could just pass out some, some envelopes here real quick. And, and if you came prepared to give, fantastic. If you didn't come prepared to give, that's fine too. I mean, take an envelope, write on there what you're believing for, what you're praying. You know, we, we stand with you, we agree with you, write down those testimonies, do all that kind of thing. Because we've never been in a place in our life or in our, in our men's ministry where we've kind of done something like this. So it was a little outside the box. But when, when we began to pray about it, began to share with Corey about it, he began to share with me what he had in his heart, I realized that it really fit with the things that God had spoke to me for that year. In this ministry at this time of the year, benevolence-wise, many of you are new to this ministry. We, we give so much out of this ministry into people's lives in the community that the people in the community, the, the agencies, send people here. They come here for help because the agencies run out of cash. And so because our people have been, been great givers and because we've all kind of stood behind things and done that, we, we've had a great opportunity to, to have a reputation that says we'll help you when nobody else can. So in this time of the year, in, in, the, in the Christmas time, we have a lot of families. We have a lot of single-parent homes in this church. Uh, they're already starting to call in because they need things. They need gifts for their children. They need some stuff. They don't have any money. Uh, we work with them, we work with other agencies, we work with people, try to help them out. We, we have an allotted amount budget-wise for these families as they come in that we try to help them with their gifts. I, I mean, we, we, we really, uh, in this ministry, do amazing things. Thank you so much for all, all that you do give and how you do care about the people and the needs and those things because we, we really are able to help a lot of people. But it began, it began to be this, this idea and this thought of, of can you... Can you can you take care? Hopefully next year we we'll take care of five people. We'll give five people a thousand bucks next year in December and just say, you know what? This isn't just for Christmas, man. Pay some bills, get ahead, do some things. Because our, you know, that was our heart. Our heart was, God, how how do we do this? And and how in the world do we pick a deserving family? Everybody needs help. I mean, we all we all need help. We we have we have. I, I can't even. We have at least two dozen single mother families you know, that you would see on a Sunday or a Wednesday night that are in here, at least that many. And as I prayed, you know, God, you've got to show us what we can do. And a, and a family came, came to my heart. Young lady who's a single mom. She has three kids. She has a job. She works. She's out there pouring her 40 or more hours a week. She's not hooked up in the system. Nothing wrong with being hooked up in the system. But she's not. She makes just enough, how many of you know, just enough not to be in the system. Just enough not to get help. But then on the other side, there's not a lot of family help. There's not a lot of anything. She's kind of on her own out here doing her own thing. And somewhere along the way, maybe she'll reveal herself to everybody. I didn't feel to tell anybody her name. But I would tell you that I prayed about it and really felt that was, that was the direction that it needed to go. And I asked my wife, <laughs> smart, <laughs> 
When first you don't know what to do, pray. When second, when you don't know what to do, ask your wife. Good wisdom, you can write that down later. And I just, I began to say this to her and say, look, this is what we're praying about. This is what, this is what Corey and I really feel to do, and this is the direction we feel to go. And instantly, she said this person's name. And then she wanted to tell me all about it. I said, you can get out of the car now. I don't need anything else. <laughs> See that confirmation, right, that I spoke about earlier? Sometimes you go from, I'm not real sure this is God, to, to all of a sudden, it was the first thing out of her mouth. What about this person? And I said, thanks. And then she wanted to talk about how we were going to do it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I just needed... I needed you to, to speak your heart for a moment. Shared with Pastor Pam, same thing. You know, I said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're thinking. And it, it all came down to this, this same family. So I called Pastor Bill and said, Pastor Bill, we've never done anything like this. I don't know how to do this. And, and you're my wisdom that I lean on in times when I'm not real sure. And I haven't really heard from God directly. But, you know, I'm, I think this is it. And he said, well, you, just like a, a hero does, he goes back to the things that he taught you. And just said, uh, well, what do you have in your heart? Well, this. What's the Spirit say? Well, you know, this. I don't get any breaks, man. I get the same stuff you guys get. So I'm just telling you, man, I'm not, I'm not getting any break. You don't, I mean, it's not like because he's my dad and because I've been with him for 25 years, I get some kind of special break. It's the same deal. But I'm thankful that it is. Because I said, okay. You know, and we put things into practice, and we'll see what happens in the next quarter. You know, is it going to be oil changers or helping somebody at their house? or I don't know, but I really feel like as a men's ministry, we can begin to do something with what we have. And this was a place, you know, the story of the starfish was a place where we could start to make a difference. And if you're prepared, great. If you don't have anything, that's fine too. It's not, it's not necessary about that. It's just, just be on board. Pray for, pray for us. Pray for this family. Pray for the things you've taken care of. Tomorrow on the offering, if you, you know, you, you talk to your wife, that's, that's great. Just write Christmas star on the thing on tomorrow morning. What, that's fine too. But really, just to be able to make a difference in somebody's life that goes beyond. See, Jesus, when he always was above and beyond. It wasn't about, I just need 50 bucks so that I can keep my light bill on. Jesus was, you know, it wasn't just about like, you know, can you just make me okay? Man, he just knocked the socks off. You're well, sins are forgiven. Man, go your way. See, he was always above and always beyond what anybody could think. And really, we, we're known as that in the community in this church. And I believe as a men's ministry, we're known as that too. So let's just pray over our seed. Just take a moment. Father, I thank you that you see the hearts of each man gathered here today, Father, as we've set aside something, we've sacrificed someplace just to have something to give, to put in here. Father, just to plant seed, Father, in your house and in good ground. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this. Father, to plant seed in somebody else's life. Father, to be in many ways just a silent hero. Somebody who's just doing something, doing what we can, Father, with what we have. We thank you, Father, for providing for us the seed that we have to sow today. And I thank you, Father, that the seed is powerful, that it goes, Father, into good ground, and that it grows up a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. Father, that it brings, Father, into existence in people's lives the things. It, it represents the needs, Father, the, the meeting of the needs. It represents, Father, an over and above. It represents, Father, a more than enough in our lives. But it starts with us giving just like it did with you. And we thank you for the opportunity to give, the heart to give. Father, we thank you for opening up, Father, doors, places, and ways for us in our lives. Pass this offering that we can be heroes to the people who are around us. Maybe it's a young person. Father, maybe it's a child in our own home. Maybe it's our wife. Maybe it's our brother. Father, maybe it's somebody at work. 
Father, many of us, we don't know exactly what to do and how to do it and what to say and where to go, but you do. And I thank you, Father, that right now as our hearts are open and we're planting seed that you speak to us, who that person might be, what that thing might accomplish if we would just follow you forward in that area. Father, we love you, we worship you, and we thank you for leading and guiding us. We thank you for being a hero to us. We thank you for the people who you've put in our lives as heroes. And Father, we thank you for those who you're bringing across our paths, that you're giving us an opportunity, as humbly as we can, Father, to be a hero to them. We thank you for it, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God is good, God is good. Shane and Michael, help collect those offerings. Thank you so much for all that you do.